it is time to tune up the band and point your finger guns in the air and dry hump the air for it is another episode of the Sweet Chinwag Podcast. I am Sam, joined only by Dan this week as we continue our journey through the wacky world of professional wrestling. Joining us this week, he's usurped Reardon from his position and oh my, can it be... The hoggiest of hog dippers in the Deadlock fandom? Yes, ladies, gentlemen, and beyond. It is not Dick the Cock Jetson. But in my opinion, the greatest person on the earth, it's Donut Cass. Oh my god! Let's go for this! Say hi, how you going? <laughs> oh my god, could it be? But, oh my god, I'll be a son of a bitch. Oh god. You have to be kidding me. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, oh my god. Hello. <laughs> Hello, fellas. How's that been going? Woo! Wag, let's go if you're listening. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> I, am, I am so happy just as a fan of Deadlock. Oh my god. Fan of Face World. It's such a pleasure to have you on. <laughs> Yes. No, 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 absolutely. I, I'm lucky I had the time slot, but yeah, we're here. We're here. We're loud. We're queer. We're, get we're, get we used are, to I was going to say, you, you damn right. Yeah. You damn right. Uh, yeah, no, I'm, it's going to be so much fun. Dude, you, you, don't, you guys don't understand. Like, I, I have listened to Sweet Chimwack, like while we were doing the other pods. So, like, hell yeah. Yes. It's crazy. It's oh, it's still surreal <laughs> to me because it's like I again, it's that thing of loved Deadlock, knew you mm. purely from the fandom, and of course from the YouTube <laughs> channel as well. And now to be mm. able to chat with you that you listen to us as well and you're here, it's like <laughs> <laughs> we're fans of each other, Sam. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, it's time to put this, pull the straps down, and go yeah. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it! I'm, I'm, we have gone full circle. You know what? The best thing is, I, I, I right now, Reardon would have left the call. No, I I we, we, we have, we have reached the logical conclusion of everything. Yeah, exactly. yeah I feel bad for Reardon. The, 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 the snake is now eating itself. <laughs> <laughs> He's probably better off, honestly. We're going to be doing bits all day, dude. Exactly, exactly. So how have you chaps been this week? Yeah, I'm good. I, I haven't been, like, struggling from something either self or non-self-inflicted. <laughs> That's, That's awesome. Good. <laughs> That's good to know. I have been drumming this week. I have been getting back into my music, and I recently got a new... Uh, well, I didn't get a new... I hired out a new... Uh, uh, a venue and they had an acoustic drum kit and I played it for the first time in like three years and it was really really cool hell yeah I love doing my music as for me I have been working on two things uh, editing wise Mm -hmm. Uh, one of them is leading up to the the I guess the I guess I can say the winter major of Rocket League though I can't go into detail as to what I've been doing with Rocket League so there's right. that that's under wraps and then the other one of course is the next video for our dear friend Mr Joseph Montecilio uh-huh. all right so I'm looking forward to people seeing that especially I'm hoping now that people will get off his back about him not talking about women's rest <laughs> now we all know he doesn't do that. I blame Forrest Sova for, the, for spreading the rumor that Joseph doesn't like women's rights. <laughs> I'm just saying the numbers don't lie. 
I mean, folks, where's, where's the, the lie? lie? <laughs> God damn it. I'm, so, I'm sure James will appreciate me saying that. that... I, know, I know it wasn't long until that fucking came up. <laughs> but yeah, God I've been... So I've been working hard, as per usual, it seems. <laughs> but yeah, that's been my week. Glad everyone's had a very good week. As always, we give you this podcast. Thanks to those lovely people over at SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Forever Pending other platforms you know i just realized something we don't have reader to say you know guys well well you know guys (laughs) (laughs) um even the most charismatic of enigmas um leave us wondering but you know what is not a charismatic enigma (gasps) us being pending that's quite good. We are oh. always pending. I'll take that one. That one's quite good, actually. <laughs> well done. Well done. So well before done. we go on to our, I'm guessing, a very long-haul retrospective on Matt and Jeff, the Hardy boy. <laughs> oh, my God. It is time to visit Dad for this week's wrestling news. Actually, do you know the, do you know the jingle, Cass? Oh, I, 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 oh, God. It, oh, no. <laughs> That's all right. I can, I, can, I, can, I, can, I can solo it. You're going to solo it, Dad. Do it. Wrestling news. There it is. Oh, my God. It popped off. <laughs> huge pop. Huge pop. Yeah. Ole, ole, ole. We're going to open up with um, AEW this week. Uh, we will get to Elimination Chamber in a bit. Um, I just want to start off by saying, um, okay, look, there's one thing we need to talk about. What the hell was this Soraya segment? Because I still don't understand. <laughs> I thought you were about to say what the hell's going on with Keith Lee's graying hair, but no, 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 no. I, I, no, no, he's, uh, he's, he's, he's just become wrestling dad. That like is him. true. <laughs> yeah, I'm here for it. I love it. I think it's great. So, right. so, so, what's with this whole thing? Uh, what's with the whole thing of Tony Khan not allowing Britt Baker to actually turn here? <laughs> I, I don't know what's happening. Like, he's literally he's got a dartboard and he's put random shit on a dart. And he's, he's this is after several amounts of alcohol. He's just gone. What am I doing with the women's division? And he throws the dart at the door, and it said spray paint Tony Stomp's ass <laughs> so she can ram it into Ruby Soho. <laughs> it makes no sense. What is he doing? What like, is happening? What? Yeah. Yeah. Like, you just you just re- you just reach a point and you're just like, like what are we doing here? <laughs> Why this, are we here? This just comes, to suffer. And, and, oh this God. comes from the fact that you've got a division that actually has two of the champions that are actually freaking awesome. And so you go, what the hell the fuck yeah, but, are you simultaneously guys, doing guys, good? Number one, bad. number one, number one baby face, Britt Baker. <laughs> I know what what is going on? <laughs> Why has the roles been reversed? I don't I like I've, that group, you know, Peter Britain um, Rebel. The the AEW women's division is the bizarro world. It's literally it's we've entered the multiverse in this fucking company. They don't know what's going on anymore. <laughs> I guess, the question, no sense. I guess the question as we head into revolution about all about this whole storyline thing is uh, who's the third woman? Who's the third woman of the outside? <laughs> who's it gonna be? I am so kind of utterly confused by this whole thing because it's like, wait a second. You had Tony Storm, who by and large, if I'm honest, is probably the most 
charismatic baby face you have on in your division, but yet you put her in this really you you ham-fistedly put her in this very awkward position now with Soraya, and so it's like what's what's the end goal for all of this is it is it there is no end goal no one knows (laughs) is it the end goal is just to make Britt baker again the most over person in aew because tell you something it's not gonna work it's not gonna work which is weird which is really weird because they have ruby soho jade cargill four other people in that division who they could use we haven't even done the bit where hater splits from the group as a champion Come on, this is Wrestling 101. Let's go buy the book. <laughs> but we forgot. We we did forget. Copyrightly speaking, it can't be actually her house. This is her establishment. This is her building. This is her cottage. <laughs> this is her <laughs> land registered domicile. Oh this is my condominium. <laughs> Look, right, okay. This, uh, this, this, this is this is the thing, right? If we're not gonna go to basics, then why are we trying all this weird shit? Yeah, no. <laughs> because because right, I keep saying this. If we're not gonna figure out how to do like actual worthwhile storylines, because we had them with Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker, and then like Thunder Rosa like annoyed like the entire division. <laughs> Although apparently there's there's talks being held about her coming back in and that seems to be productive. Mm. But like we have all of this, right? Let's just get to the point where the women's division is just women having cool matches. Like let's just let's just forget the storylines and let's just like do mad shit. I feel like AEW would really thrive if they spent less time worrying about storylines and more about the actual in, in-ring wrestling. The, the, the male side of wrestling in that company is always stellar. And I wish I could say the same about the women's, but they just never give it like, enough time. Like, mm. we've, got, we've, got, we've got Hater as champ, so let's just put her in a bunch of matches that just showcase how good she is. Bring in a bunch of, bring in a bunch of like occasional one-off matches from Japan. Just get that going, right? Can we have more? And then we can worry about other stuff later. Can we have more appearances of David Hater actually in in AEW or being Jamie Hater's dad? David Hater. Oh my lord, that's that's clever. I love it because David Hater was there once, never didn't show up on TV, but was in the crowd. I'm just saying, we need more Solid Snake in AEW. My my daughter is women's champion. I'm just thinking. I'm just thinking about them running a promo and making it look like the Kodak. Oh my god, that's such a good idea. That's the, that's one of the greatest ideas. Jamie ever. Hater says to David Hater, "Kept you waiting, huh?" <laughs> my daughter's in a title match. Tony Card, Tony Card's on the other end going, "Press select to save, Jamie." Thanks, Jamie Hater. Nice days. Where were we? You can you can you can remind her to change the controller into the other port. (laughs) I can't we've gone so far. I see I see you I see you like Mako Satomora matches. (laughs) God damn it.
yeah, basically, this whole story, this whole storyline is weird, and I have no idea what's going on. And if the if the rumors are true that both Soraya and Chris Jericho are interested in bringing in Ronnie Radke for some kind of on screen appearance, then uh, respectfully, um, fuck AEW. Yeah, no, I ain't dealing with that. Like, I am it, not dealing with that. I am not dealing with that baggage. I left my life as a scene kid a while ago, and I don't want to see Roddy Radke again. Listen, we all look at it with... I think a lot of people look at that scene with rose-tinted glasses, but then the more you look at it, the more you realise scene kids were really fucking weird. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and of not course I know him. Sense. He's me. <laughs> because Same. I know him. He's me. <laughs> Same, because that was me. <laughs> That's awesome. Look, right? That's awesome. Oh, right, boys, let's talk about today's pay per view. Well, when we're recording this, it's today's pay per view. Yeah. Uh, elimination Chamber. Yes. So, I can't tell you how thrilled I am because this is the first time I've been like proper excited about a Reigns match in a very long time. Yeah, because at this point you're like, yeah, Reigns is going to win, and he probably will win today as well. But who cares, dude? This guy, Sami Zayn, is so over. I, th- that promo he did last night was <laughs> insane. Like he spent seven minutes not saying a damn word. He just stood there. <laughs> what can I say? Montreal likes their likes their hometown guys. It, um, it's like it reminds me. It's like the the reverse of when Roman came out after he beat Undertaker. Yeah, that's kind of like that's kind of weird semi storytelling. Like Roman just gets booed for seven minutes and he gets cheered for seven minutes. It's absolutely it, it, incredible. It, it works out very nicely. And now I have video of Savvy Zayn saying Tabanak on live TV, <laughs> which is awesome. That's amazing, bro. I don't know. I don't know he keeps getting away with that. <laughs> well, you know, WWE operate under the premise that um, everyone speaks English and no one speaks another language. So exactly, they're never going to check it. <laughs> Even though I'm fairly sure if you're doing the show in Can, I would love it if the if the French language networks bleep that out. Oh, yeah. the English networks didn't that would be hilarious to me <laughs> knowing knowing WWE management they probably don't know what he said <laughs> what I've heard the Fox live feed muted for 10 seconds after he said it <laughs> that's incredible that's, that's, that's awesome guys you really hit your job perfectly like on the mark <laughs> Just and then you realise the other sort of stuff they show and it makes you realise that was tame in comparison to what they usually show at prime time yeah, yeah that's true don't worry about that it, it's crazy and at the there is part of you I guess it's almost to a sense if you want to kind of compare it to something I guess it's how a lot of people felt about oh Drew may actually win this one at Clash at the Castle but I feel like this, this is, is, it's even this is more. the thing it, it, it gives you the hope but I know what they're gonna. I have. I just have this thing in my head that's like, they're they're gonna do the whole like, ah, uh, the the evil heel wins in the guy's hometown because WWE loves that trope for some reason. <laughs> and you know, well, and guys, guys, can you imagine the hometown hero? Right, he's gonna be there, and the the evil heel's gonna put him in a submission. And he's gonna like do it, and th- he's not gonna tap though. Do you, are you meaning to tell this, me that Earl this has never been done before in wrestling this? history? 
<laughs> Earl Hebner's coming there. Just, just uh, there's Triple H going. Ring the damn bell. <laughs> Ring the bell. <laughs> oh no! Don't make Triple H the new Vince, bro. You know they're actually filming a. You know they're actually. The more things change, the more things stay the same. You know they're actually filming a sequel to Wrestling with Shadows called Wrestling Shadows with Two Electric Boogaloo, starring Sami Zayn. Holy moly! (laughs) Could you imagine if Triple H has his own Montreal screw job? No way. That would be on. That would be unreal. All I'll say is, if you think the crowd was hot in Montreal in 1997, if they run that back tonight, ice that Bell Center is going to be set on fire. At at least, if it does happen, we have the complete confirmation that actually Vince is in charge. That's true. No, that would be good storytelling, though. No, it would be good storytelling, but I genuinely believe the Canadian fans would start an actual fire. And then there's Bret Hart on Twitter going, I fucking hate this. Oh, and Bill Goldberg sucks. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, he's saying just because I fucking hate Goldberg. (laughs) Yeah, but like, yeah, because there were all the reports saying, like, Vince and all that don't see Sami Zayn as a main eventer, so it it would make loads of sense. Oh, did they see him? Roman's gonna, Roman's gonna, Roman's gonna, uh, like the show after, Roman's gonna cut a pro, which is like, you're not a main event guy. And then everyone's gonna be like, oh, this is like the greatest heel promo ever. (laughs) And then that, oh, if you smell. Yeah. No, that's not happening. (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) I I have also said, I'm expecting at some point that, like, Sammy will lose, and then Cody will like come down to the ring to help him up, and then oh yeah, and then the cursed booking idea will happen, which apparently people don't think is as cursed anymore in the span of like two weeks. <laughs> well, the triple threat. Yeah, I don't want a triple threat. I want no. one. I want one. I want a one on one for both days, like Roman versus Sammy and then Roman versus Cody. I can't see why they can't do that. Honestly, it seems because, like the most because Roman gets paid by the hour, dude. He, he doesn't want to be there. Roman gets paid by the hour, and he's only collecting a five-minute paycheck. <laughs> he's too busy making TikToks, bro. You, you got to be, be cautious <laughs> with his time, so you can't. Can't miss both days. Ah, goddamn it! It's true. It's true. Now, where's my appearance on Jimmy Kimmel for going at this? Guys, it's okay, though, because regardless of how that match goes, we have the greatest the greatest match ever booked on this. We have Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar. It's BL versus BL. Big meaty men slapping meat. All we do know for certain is that this will lead into a match against Bray Wyatt at WrestleMania. <laughs> what? Yeah, Bray Wyatt made his intentions clear that right, the, either the winner of Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar is going to face Bray Wyatt at WrestleMania. Guys, I don't know about you, but I've always wanted to see Bobby Lashley versus Bray Wyatt. What? I can't finish that sentence. What the fuck is going on? I don't I, know. Bray, I, Sam already knows about this. I stand by my belief. The only place I want to see Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar is under UWFI rules. Exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. I want. I basically. I really would have wanted Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar in UWFI rules match inside of a cage. At WrestleMania. <laughs> it made. It made the most. This sense. is. This is. This is the most. This is the most based ending for that for that match to with, happen with Bruce Buffer doing the announcement. <laughs> 
It is literally it is it is a match which is like four minutes long of the two of them just smacking the crap out of each other Ladies and occasionally and going for shoot grappling. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time. <sighs> exactly. We want ten minutes of the introduction and then just four minutes of them just wailing on each other. <laughs> you know, like if any if any of you two seen that pride fight with Takiyama versus Don Fry where they just open yeah. up punching the shit. Oh out my god, them. yeah. Oh my I want god, that. Yeah. I want Brock'em Sock'em robots with Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar. Oh my god, they're tied like waists to each other and they're just. That's, <laughs> literally, that's literally it. I just bought Glazer just sending Bobby Lashley's neck up into the stratosphere. That is a great idea. Book it, Hunter, but he's not going to. It's Bray nah, Wyatt. Why? I want Bray Wyatt. Yeah, well, not much we can do. No, there is not much that there is not much that we can do. I think Bolt Price <laughs> um, is going to win. If if you need my prediction for that, <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, going along with that, we also have the Elimination Chamber match for the United States title. Um, I'm not going to bother asking about this because I, I'll be honest. Basically, none of these results are net positive. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, like, I mean, like, Gargano as US champ would be kind of cool, but like, I feel like the boat has sailed. At this Gargano point, versus think... Champa, bro. <laughs> if you're gonna do Gargano, uh, then Champa has to come back. Okay, but how about a, how about a five ma- about five or six match series of Johnny Gargano versus Austin Theory? <laughs> I'm good, bro. I'm good. Have you ever wanted to watch Evolve? <laughs> Yeah, no, I have never seen a best of series in wrestling before. Never. <laughs> oh, guys, what about Bronson Reed? <laughs> I'm gonna pass out. You mean you don't want a seven match series with the Miz? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, good. Oh, good God, no. <laughs> oh no. We're, we're, we're talking about all the speculation because I'll, 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 I'll just do this before we wrap things up. Um, okay. Because there was the discussion about the the free agent that W was bringing in, which apparently isn't Jay White anymore. Apparently, oh, yeah. it's someone. Apparently, it's someone else. Originally, the first thing I was saying about that was it was Tamatonga. In which case, is this 2015? Ain't nobody realer than Gorilla. Um, but then I saw another thing, which people saying like, "Oh, it could be Kota Ibushi," because he said about wanting to do like matches, but also be a trainer and whatever. Right, Kodo Bushi's just doing whatever he wants. He's probably going to appear in some random fed in Japan where the guys mm-hmm. only wrestle on like gym mats. Mm-hmm. Um, and I won't be against that. <laughs> but there, it's just this. It's just this tweet, and so I know exactly where I'm going with this. Oh, it's just God. a picture of a guy like breathing heavily. He just says the Miz off. The Miz after Jay White tries to start a New Japan opening sequence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's so true. They always put him with the Miz. What the fuck are they doing, bro? I don't understand. Oh my god, it's the pocket knife, James Black. <laughs> <laughs> James Black. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> you gotta be kidding me. <laughs> it's finished, the Swiss Army knife. It's <laughs> the finisher, the flick knife. Oh my <laughs> fucking knife. The butter knife, kitchen knife. <laughs> The kitchen knife, they're gonna be PG about it. Oh my god. Alright, anyway, with that, we're done with the news. <laughs>
Lovely. So, we usually have Recommendation Corner with Reardon, but because he's infiltrated the podcast, it now is bestowed upon Cass to recommend us for anything this week. So, Cass, the floor is yours. Have you got anything for us? I recommend... Hey, I hear you listening to the Sweet Jim Rap podcast. Really good podcast. I really enjoy being on this pod so far. So, (laughs) if you like podcasts as much as I do, because everyone loves podcasts... Me and, me and the boys from the uh, Deadlock community started our own podcast called the Base World Podcast. I think I said podcast like 10 times in that sentence. I Don't worry about it. Uh, <laughs> we do our own pod. We uh, we talk about wrestling too. We also talk about movies. We also talk about music. We do a little pod every now and then. Uh, we're not as frequent as these boys. These boys are workhorses, but please check us out. Base World Podcast. We have a YouTube channel now. Like We do content on there as well. It's just absolutely incredible. So please give it a go. What was originally, if memory serves me correct, than the Origins of Base World, you were actually going to call Bing Chilling Podcast at one point. Oh, yeah, don't worry about that. It's freaking Chris, right? Chris is a. He's really good at, like, leading the pod. Like, he sorts out, like, the thumbnails and everything. And before we started, he was like, what do we call the pod? I'm like, Hmm. Like I, originally, I was like, "Yeah, baseball is a good idea," but the first thing we came up was big chilling. I'm like, "That is not, that is not a good name for a podcast." <laughs> Every other cover for each episode would have been a dirt face of John Cena holding an ice cream. <laughs> all I'm, all, 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 all I'm saying, Cena. all I'm saying, is the the Weibo SEO be going crazy. <laughs> But yeah, that's my recommendation. We we are funny, please. I beg. <laughs> no, truly, they are. I love the baseball podcast yes. so much. Oh, thanks, boys. Gets the cosine. <laughs> we try harder. And it is just it like is, we do. Just like we do, and we know the hard work that goes into it. Trust us. <laughs> anyway, yeah, that's my recommendation. Awesome, awesome. With that, it is time to get on to our episode on Mad and Jeff. The Hardys. So. Where do we start on Team Extreme, the New Brood, Los Conquistadors, the Jinx Brothers, Immortal? Where do we start on the Hardys? That's a very good question. Right in the middle of their career. So it's 2001. So what's yeah? What is to say, like for us as fans in this kind of generation, Matt and Jeff are just like, I guess, minor deities in the wrestling world. Mm. Uh, to 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 quote uh, to quote my friend, um, if you need to know how important um, the Hardy Boys are, just remember they convinced an entire generation of children that jumping off of high stuff was was a good idea. In, well, look, I'm guessing there wasn't a lot to do in, in, in rural North Carolina. <laughs> you just had a big, like, mat and they put it in the garden, just, just hurling their bodies off of the roof. <laughs> This'll be fun. <laughs> yeah, we'll start, we'll start off on trampolines. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be just fine. <laughs> no, but Hardy's right. Like, they are my favourite tag team. Like, I remember... My first pay-per-view I watched live was WrestleMania 37. No, what? 33! <laughs> and, uh, like, I always watched wrestling because my, my cousin was, like, kind of into it. He, he was a big John Cena fan. I was like, who the heck is John Cena? 
So I started watching like 2016, and the first one I watched live was WrestleMania 33, mm. and that was when the Hardys came back, and I just, I just remember like, they were my favorite wrestlers at the time. It was like, oh my god, <laughs> that match was incredible. By the way, we have mm. to talk about that. We'll start from the beginning though. We have to go in order. We can't. Absolutely. <laughs> so, the two boys from Cameron, North Carolina, grew up pretty much as huge wrestling fans after watching wrestlemania 4 they became hugely obsessed so what do you do in rural north carolina when there's not much going on around in your town well mm. you build your own backyard federation and that's exactly what these two did. and they had their own trampoline they took four big old stumps of wood planted them into in the ground and took garden hose and wrapped them around them to form ropes and thus came the very their very first promotion TWF originally called the Teens Wrestling Federation but eventually would be called the Trampoline Wrestling Federation in 1993 I believe they were both I think 12 and 13 respectively they really were living the dream Oh, damn right they were. And they garnered actually quite a lot of buzz for being self-trained guys. Matt at this time had the name of High Voltage and was the <laughs> TWF world champion. And I kid you not, here is a picture of Matt Hardy as High Voltage. Hell yeah. Oh my lord. Keep that haircut. Jeff Hardy was the copyright distinct, not at all ripping off Sting or the Ultimate Warrior, he was known as the Wolverine. <laughs> what the hell? And here, what and, the hell? And here's, and here's <laughs> Jeff Hardy as the Wolverine. Oh my god, I can't wait to do this. Okay, wow. Yeah, he doesn't like Sting. <laughs> yeah, that's weird. To, if we come to the ring running to the ring as well, may I, may I oh, ask? Okay. Proto-Sting. Proto yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> so I'll give you a picture. I was going to say, oh, there's also a picture, a pride picture here of Matt and Jeff and their full on gimmick here. <laughs> here we go. Wow. Good. That haircut is insane. <laughs> Why have crazy. they both got the 2002 John Cena box cut? <laughs> you got to remember, this was 1993 as well. So this was all the That's rage. Insane. There are clips of, like, I went back and someone, some legend, has managed to archive a two and a half hour video full of Trampoline Wrestling Federation clips. And that, like, Matt and Jeff would do promos in the Hardy family bathroom. And they would use oh the God. shower curtain as the backdrop. <laughs> That's incredible. Honestly, though, it, it it's... <clears throat> It's incredible about the the creativity that it takes to do that and commit to it. <laughs> the best, yeah. the best part about this story, and when they set up the TWF, was that they garnered a lot of buzz within the Cameron area, and just by like ten minutes away from their house was the Moore County Fairgrounds, where there would be a usually like a run, a, a running carnival that would go around the Carolina area, but their main place was in that county fairgrounds area. The the head of the car carnival saw what they were doing and said, "Hey guys, I've been thinking of doing like this weird acrobatic thing for for kind of like a little off section of my carnival. I see what you guys are doing, and I've got a giant trampoline. Would you guys want to be, you know, do TWF shows at the carnival?" <laughs> And would you believe it? 
they did as an actual carnival attraction they would have trampoline wrestling federation shows honestly we've moved backwards as a people <laughs> it's amazing it was like one of those gymnastics like rectangle yeah. um, trampolines as well so mm. it wasn't actually like a proper square so when they would run the ropes it was funny because they'd have to take like seven steps to get to the ropes. <laughs> And just one back. one one side's got you have to run really far to hit the ropes and the other side you gotta go really short <laughs> so this was also a time where as uh where jeff matt and jeff had multiple gimmicks during these carnival shows and so every time they would finish a match apparently their changing room was all the way on the other side of the fairground <laughs> area and so they'd oh have to God. run get changed into a new gimmick and they would hear their music midway through changing and immediately run back to the ring. That's awesome. <laughs> but with God, all this weird. crude, all these shows happening, they eventually uh, met up met up with a, a couple of people, like-minded individuals in the North Carolina area, people like uh, Shane Helms and Shannon Moore. They would eventually... Oh, they would eventually morph the TWF into a much, well, their more well-known promotion known as Omega, the Organization of Modern Extreme Grappling Arts. Oh. What, what, a, what an acronym. <laughs> that is... Kind of it there. <laughs> which is, by the way, still going strong to this day. That's incredible. <laughs> But before they, but before I get to that, let's get to where Matt and Jeff were doing in between wrestling, uh, the backyard stuff and the carnivals, mm. to what led them into the WWE. They ended up competing actually as teenage as teenagers in the WWF in a jobbing mm. capacity. Actually, it's a very very fun fact that Jeff Hardy's very first match in the WWF was, I believe, it was against Scott Hall. Uh, Razor Ramon, he lied about his oh. age. He said he was 18, but yeah. he was in fact 16 years old. Oh my god, yeah, I remember this. So much was his uh, was that that he lied. It was only it was I think it was about three months after Jeff started um uh Jeff started doing the job work that he got found out and of course was immediately taken off TV. <laughs> But at the same oh time, God. he was also kicked out of his high school's wrestling team as well. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. He did professional wrestling. Jesus Christ. <laughs> they as... were trying to hold the pro wrestlers down. Exactly. As for Matt, he was 18 of age and was able to keep his job as a jobber in the WWF, actually having a lot of matches with a lot of people. He had... I believe he had one of Hunter Hearst Helmsley's very first matches in the WWF. He had one of um, the Ringmaster's very first matches in the WWF, as well as just oh kind my of... Lord. Every time they would be in the North Carolina area, Matt was usually there as enhancement talent. And I just want to see if there's that picture of Matt Hardy doing this this giant flex, and it makes him go, wait, is that... Yeah, there it is. There's the image. I'm going to show you two an image of Jobber Matt Hardy from 1994. <laughs> Please, I need this. Hell yeah. Oh my god. Look at that meat and potatoes, boy. <laughs> He's on that one breast to asparagus <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> So, with all of this interest gauged and, and the buzz created by Matt and Jeff, and indeed from the 
Trampoline Wrestling Federation and indeed starting up their own promotion with Omega, it actually garnered interest from World Championship Wrestling. So much so that they were told, I think it might have been by, it could have been Terry Taylor. I want to say it was Terry Taylor, one of the backstage producers of WCW anyway, to send in a tape, sending their promos and all of their work from TWF and a little bit from Omega, and they may get jobs up in Georgia. Turns out they never did get it, but a fun fact about this story, and as told by Chris, Ca uh, retold by Chris Canyon as well, they were trying to come up with a tag team name for a brand new tag team in WCW, a bunch of really big hench guys uh, that had explosive moves, and they couldn't come up with a name. But once, mm. but someone, one of the backstage producers, saw Matt Hardy's tape that he sent in and liked his gimmick name, High Voltage. And so they stole <laughs> Matt Hardy's name to be used oh, that's for the incredible. Team. I mean, yeah, it's not a bad name. It's, it's, a, good, it's, 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 it's a very good classic wrestling name. <clears throat> so much so, Matt Hardy, completely pissed off by all of this. Um, I've showed you, showed you a picture of the tag team high voltage in question to show you that I'm not bullshitting. <laughs> Look at those beefy boys. Oh my lord. <laughs> So, so pissed off by this injustice that Matt Hardy decided to... He wanted to keep the gimmick, but he had to have something else for it. So he decided to call himself Surge. Nice. <laughs> what? <laughs> Not Surge like S. Fucking... Sergio. No. <laughs> Sergio. <laughs> Sergio Hardy. <laughs> Name is Sergio Hardy. No, Surge. That's, that, that's what we get. Awesome. <laughs> That's Amazing. so cool. So, yeah, 1997, as we get, we get to Omega, and Matt and Jeff Hardy now have, have ditched the trampoline to actually now have a full-on ring. Fun story about that. They actually took what was... They made their own trampoline, a square trampoline, and deciding that they wanted to be a more traditional thing, decided to rip out the trampoline and actually put wooden boards down on it. So, basically, it was a hodgepodge of a ring they started out with. Oh, my Omega. Lord. Look, everyone's got to start somewhere. But through this, they ended up cultivating a huge scene in the North Carolina area. Unfortunately, at this time, James Darnell wasn't a part of wrestling, so DPW <laughs> wasn't a thing, which I'm quite angry about. <laughs> but they did manage to actually grab a lot of people and start the careers of uh, several people. Shannon Moore, uh, Joey Abs, Shane Helms... Uh, Joey Matthews, aka Joey Mercury, C.W. Anderson, Dan, remember? That's not the last that's oh, not the time we about C.W. Anderson this week. <laughs> not C.W. Of course, this also let Matt and Jeff not only be the like the, uh, the owners and the bookers, but also expand on what they could do and potentially uh, test run a few characters. It was actually through this first incarnation of Omega that Jeff came up with the Willow character. <laughs> Everyone's oh, no. favorite wrestling gimmick of all time. Oh, we'll get right? to Willow. We'll get oh, to Willow. <laughs> but through this, my, I have to say though, my favorite thing out of all of this is that uh, <laughs> the most random recurring person out of all of this, Caprice Coleman. Caprice Coleman. Mm. Yep. <laughs> just, just a, a a real a real big Omega guy. <laughs> Giant Omega oh, yeah. guy, actually, in its reformation. <laughs> yeah. 
which is really, really weird. I just, it, it's funny. You can find it. Uh, it's on YouTube. There is a match from 1997, which sees Surge go up against Willow for the Omega Heavyweight Championship. Oh, hell yeah. But we do get, we, as during this time, they did come on and actually get contracts to the WWF at this time. Um, oh, God bless. But they still were considered as enhancement talent. But I will say this about them. All I'm saying is, Matt and Nick owe their careers to 1997 Hardys. I'm just saying. Mm, mm. <laughs> Look at yeah, those I two. Don't, I don't think that's particularly up for debate. <laughs> Wow, that's crazy, they, actually. They found the blueprint and were like, we can do this. <laughs> they did it better. <laughs> so, I mean, they started off They started off their own promotion with an actual ring, so... Exactly. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and not a square you know, box. <laughs> Rancho Cucamonga and Cameron, North Carolina are very different places. <laughs> Would never have known. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, they officially got signed to a WWF contract in 1998 and was assigned to the Funkin' Dojo to be trained under Dory Funk Jr. But they would begin being on TV in a more consistent winning uh, capacity when they started their run over a win against Kayentai. Hell yeah. Kayentai. I remember Kayentai. Good and I'm not That's talking Tucker and, and uh, I'm not talking like the the incarnation we know. I'm talking about like the the really weird like Yakuza version of Kai and Tai yeah. that ever yeah. run by Yamaguchi Sad and had Dick Togo in the team. Oh, that's so sick. <laughs> Dick Togo. You know, we remember, you know, choppy choppy pee pee, you know, all that yeah, stuff. All, all, all of stuff. that kind of stuff. <laughs> But through their high-flying moveset and their tag team moves, including poetry and motion, among other things, they were building up a huge fan base and and starting to become serious contenders for the tag team championships. This is where they were given the managerial services of one Michael P.S. Hayes. (laughs) Oh, my God. I always talk about this because... A, Michael P.S. Hayes seems to be involved in fucking everything. <laughs> I don't know why he's in so much wrestling lore. Did you, but... know, did you know, Dan, that Michael Hayes was the one that sang the Big Show's original thing? <laughs> yes, unfortunately, I'm cursed with that knowledge. Oh, oh my God. But the, the, the bigger thing about all of this is just, who saw the Hardys and went, we need Michael Hayes on that? Would you like to know it was actually Michael Hayes that gave Matt and Jeff their iconic fashion sense? Like, I can I can believe that. The tight t-shirts and cargo pants. <laughs> but, like, also, I feel like they would have reached that point anyway without him being involved. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You cannot tell me that Jeff Hardy was not a mid to late 90s raver oh no he had to be he's going crazy with it you see, you see him in the like 2018 with the glow sticks bro he's going yeah. crazy with it except it would have been a, oh it, it would have been a pimp cane because it's Michael Hayes <laughs> Michael Hayes bro you're right about that we always hear about Michael Hayes Michael Hayes is doing this Michael Hayes is doing that exactly like, like for, for, for a guy who I feel like I mean, he's he's obviously made contributions to wrestling. 
He seems to appear a lot. <laughs> he, he must have done something. Surely? I mean, apart from being part of the fabulous Freebirds and having that rivalry yeah. with the Von Eriks, you don't really hear much about Michael Hayes' real contributions <laughs> to, to the... To yeah. the uh, I guess being the interviewer <laughs> for the Austin 316 promo? I, I guess? That is true. <laughs> but... They would eventually strike gold as on the June 29th, 1999 episode of Raw is War, they would defeat the Acolytes to win their very first Tag Team Championships. They now, I know Bradshaw was molding afterwards. Oh, yeah, because little less than a month later, they would lose the titles back to the Acolytes at Fully Loaded <laughs> in 99. That's so fucking funny. Because, of course, yeah. you know, I, I, you know, Bradshaw... <laughs> Fucking yeah, I know. I know he was molding, but of course, all good things must come to an end. And in August of '99, they would ditch Michael Hayes as their manager and actually align themselves with Gangrel after he dumped the Brood to the end to form the New Brood. <laughs> oh no! I, I love this so much because. I mean, A, people forget that it even happened, and rightfully so. And yeah, as you should. <laughs> well, I just love the I just love the idea of Gangrel being like I need more semi alternative looking uh youthful members for my group and then just see Matt and Jeff walking by it's like them. You know what's the best you, you know what the best contribution of of, of the new brood was? The Hardys got their iconic theme from being part of the new brood. <laughs> Which also, um, fun fact that I found out, um, isn't that a piece of stock music? <laughs> yes, it is indeed. <laughs> I think it comes from Heavy Metal Licks number two by Zach Tempest. Yeah. Shout and the Zach. song is called Loaded. <laughs> Shout out, Zach. Shout out, my boy, Zach All I'm Tempest. Saying, I hope Zach Tempest is getting paid huge amounts of money for licensing that one song that's the out thing, i don't think he i don't think he is well, that's the, that's the issue with using non-copyright because anyone could take it but you're not going to get any money it's like i swear right there have been uh, from going back watching the network that song has been used on a load of wcw like promo packages that's that hardy's theme song <laughs> <clears throat> and that isn't not network dubbing. They literally use that theme song. I've heard it on. I heard it on a car commercial once. I do remember that. I also heard it on an alternative music channel. I think it was Scuzz actually that used that song at one. That point. sounds entirely. That sounds entirely right, and the, the kind of channel that would use it. <laughs> and I, I could have sworn. And now I've heard John Blood. I think it might have been Johnny that said this that it has actually been used in a in an adult film. Yes, yes, yeah, yes, but yes, that yes. that sounds that sounds entirely right. <laughs> but also Cactus Jack's themes also been used in an adult. I mean, film. like you know, <laughs> that makes sense. I mean, the names, the song of, I mean, the name of Cactus Jack's song, "Whole Lot of Groove." It does make sense, doesn't it? <laughs> yes. And, uh -huh. and then now that I think about it, the Hardys thing, load. Uh, yeah, you know what? That actually makes sense now. Ah, <laughs> uh, this of course would start the 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 Hardys and Edge and Christian feud, which basically would run. Well, I guess it's still running now. The more I think about <laughs> it, would run for the next ten years. But they would start eventually no. 
feuding feuding because of the old brood versus the new brood, but eventually they would have a series of matches dubbed the Terry Invitational Tournament, where the win the winning team would win the services of Terry Runnels as their manager. Oh my god. Why do you have to remind me about this? But at least hey, it culminates. Who's who's perf who's a perfect involvement for the Hardy Boys? Terry Runnels. <laughs> But hey, look at it this way. At least it gave us the final match, which was that amazing tag team ladder match at No Mercy. Yeah, but how do you now feel acknowledging the fact that it, it was in it was part of a series to decide who gets the managerial services of Terry Runnels? What I want to know is why was the managerial services of Terry Runnels personified with a with a a sack of money hanging over the ring? Um, someone's got to get paid. <laughs> Vince Russo, care to elaborate on why that was the, uh, that, that was the, uh, the symbolism for Terry Ruddles? Bro, it was perfect. Catch that check, I guess. <laughs> oh, what the fuck? <laughs> Although, I have to say this, like, all of this being said, the match at No Mercy is actually freaking awesome. If you've gone back and seen it, it is. Oh, great. I think I've seen it once. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 you don't get matches like this anymore, where they just they just go all out for like the entire time. And this, if memory serves me correct, this is actually the very first tag team ladder match <clears throat> in WWF. Yes. Indeed. And then they ended up receiving a standing ovation, not only at on the night, but actually on the next night on Raw. <laughs> No, That's you couldn't. You couldn't get. You couldn't get one that that night. You had to wait the next day. <laughs> That's pretty cool. <laughs> and of course, because of the fan reception towards the pair of them, they ended up becoming immediate faces overnight because of that. Which leads us to Team Extreme. We get to the year two thousand, and well, basically their popularity is now skyrocketing. They literally start the year off with one hell of a tag team match at Royal Rumble in a tables match against the Dudley Boys. <laughs> this match is fucking nuts. If not for the fact that Jeff does that swanton bomb over off the, the emergency exit at Madison Square Garden. Oh my god. Hell yeah. That shot with the cameras behind them is, is legendary. So good. So good. It's the thing is the thing I've said is the thing I've said before, but an unfortunate thing that we have lost because because of the the advancement of technology as we've lost uh having camera flashes everywhere yeah to yeah. make everything so much better damn you know, just that one brief period where someone's flying through the air and you you can't fucking see anything just... oh so good i do miss that visual of just like a really massive high flying spot you just see the entire crowd is going blink 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 yeah yeah, yeah exactly like a, a good example was was Jeff versus Punk when he did it off the ladder into the table. Oh yeah, flashes everywhere. It just you can't fucking see anything. I can imagine. I just want to know the people that were there in the crowd to take a picture, and they go go and get it processed, hoping they got a great shot, and they come back, and it's just white because the whole, all the flashes have just <laughs> washed out the entire shot. That's amazing. Oh, so yeah, at this time they also gained the managerial services of one liter, thus establishing Team 
extreme. Now, I remember the storyline of like Lita joining was was the jealousy of SA Rios and the like, of, of the popularity that Lita was getting. <laughs> Shout out my boy SA Rios <laughs> or Puppy Chulo or Akira, oh whatever god. name he wants at this time. Oh my god. Uh, oh SA Rios. SA Rios was my guy on SmackDown too. <clears throat> Hell yeah. And in my season mode, he always ended up having a rivalry with Vince McMahon. <laughs> what? Uh, I will I will decline to make the joke that I am thinking of right now. That's amazing. <laughs> Tell me off recording, Dad. No, I, 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 will, I will say it afterwards. Of course. Okay. Of course, this rivalry between Edge and Christian, the Dudley Boys and the Hardys, all of this and the animosity between the two, uh, three teams going for the tag team titles would culminate or begin, dare I say, at WrestleMania 2000 in a triple threat tag team ladder match. Although I guess you could technically call this unofficially the first TLC match. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Because I each team, of course, had their signature weapon. The Hardys had the ladders. Edge and Christian had the steel chairs. The Dudley boys had the tables. Yeah, it just wasn't official yet. If Although, this... I, again, I still love the I, the thing of they had to make up a thing for Edge and Christian, so they gave them chairs. Oh, uh, fucking, I don't know. Fucking oh. chair. Good old, good old concerto, though. Come Guys, on. We'll... Uh... We've, we've, had, we've, had, we've had TLC and we've had it all separately. Where's my first LC match where there's only ladders and chairs? <laughs> Look, it could have been worse. TL. It could have been worse. It could have been the steps. Because then we, oh, yeah. had, we could have had tables, ladders, chairs, and. Oh, we, we need a weapon. Uh, uh, edge, edge, take this stapler. Get out there. <laughs> <Where's> TLS. <laughs> Edge, Christian, we'll give you a pair of crutches. TLC. Tables, ladders, and crutches. Yeah, that would work to be fair. This match is awesome. If there's anything I can remember at WrestleMania 2000, not only is it the piss poor main event, but it's actually this match. Yeah, I mean, that that's, that's basically it for me. I, I remember this. <laughs> I also remember Michael Clark Duncan in the crowd for some bizarre reason, but you know. So I mean, so you know, your brain remembers what it wants to remember. Yeah, this match oh, yeah. is awesome, if not for the huge ladder spot that Jeff has on the entrance right. Oh my god, yeah. Yeah, that WrestleMania was not good. It was not this, great. This match is it was brilliant. one of the WrestleManias of all time. 100%. As I like to tell people, there was only... I only think there was one... There was only one, technically if you want to call it, one singles match, and that was the cat fight between Terry Runnels and the cat. Uh... <laughs> this is wrestling! <laughs> wow, I love wrestling. <laughs> Just for that match. Of course, this was the only appearance uh, at WrestleMania. This was the only WrestleMania appearance of Chester McCheeserton, of course. If you remember head, the tag team Head Cheese. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> what oh, come the on. hell? Can't remember, can't remember Al Snow and Steve Blackman? Come on, go to the oh, tag team. Oh, The lethal weapon, Steve <sighs> Blackman. St oh, Steve motherfucking Blackman. <laughs> this is a Steve Blackman stand podcast. We will we were <laughs> rightly call him by his real name of Steve motherfucking Blackman. <laughs> yeah, I'm, right. I'm, I'm happy with that. 
<laughs> oh my gosh. But yeah, this is... Um, the, when I went back to this, I was quite surprised by seeing that there are a lot of proto spots that would end up becoming a kind of staples of future matches between these three. Yeah. Hmm. Um, a lot of kind of like the ladder falling into table spots is kind of like a prime example of that. And of course, Jeff doing the insane heights of like swanton bombs onto table. Well, most likely it was always Bubba. It was always Bubba Ray that he would land into. I'm guessing because, yeah, well, it was the more, the more, I guess the more cushioned uh, wrestler out <laughs> of all of them. Yeah, basically I'm saying, but he, he's fat. He's shown. <laughs> Fucking humongous. <laughs> Big boy. <laughs> Basically, all I'm saying is I've got a quote. Well, the good said thing on... is now, now Bubba doesn't have to worry about any high spots. <laughs> yeah, well, he's fighting Tyrus soon. He doesn't have to worry about that. <laughs> I was going to say, as someone quoted and screenshotted the other day, fucking hell, he's gotten fatter to the point he looks like Alex Jones. <laughs> yeah, I'm a pioneer. I'm an explorer. I'm Bubba Ray, and I'm coming. <laughs> Actually, no, I say that, but, you know, Bubba has experience in that, being a director of that. But I digress! <laughs> Got him. Got him! No, uh, we eventually, of course, end up coming to SummerSlam for the very first TLC match for the Tag Team Championships, which at this time, it always seemed like Edge and Christian would always win. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Even yeah, though Dudley's Hardys and E&C would always trade the titles here and there, <laughs> when it came to the big matches, Edge and Christian always seemed to win. <laughs> we just You just end up doing the same thing over and over. Don't worry about it. <laughs> but hey, again, this match, freaking awesome. I went back, yes. as I said, I went back and watched the big kind of like marquee matches during this time. And damn, these matches are good. Yeah, there's like, folks. It's hard to miss with the the three way tag matches. Like, you can watch any of them. My favorite one is the one that was on Smack. Uh, yes. Like oh, that, that match <laughs> is fucking awesome. Although I do find it weird that of all of the teams to be there, I think it was Chris Jericho and Benoit were also in that. Uh, <laughs> yes. And they won it. And they, yeah, they won it. They won that match. <laughs> but yeah. but, <laughs> dude. No one, nothing beats, nothing beats a good Hardys with like ladders, chairs. It, bro, it, yeah. it's so simple. <laughs> like I said, there's a simple, there's a simple formula, which is give Jeff Hardy something high to jump off of, and we're good. Exactly. 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 Now here comes the high point of, of of this time, where Matt and Jeff were dressed as Los Conquistadors. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Winning the tag team titles from Edge and Christian. But revealing the Fugazi is they were actually Matt and Jeff under the masks. <laughs> Guys, this is such an innovative idea. Like, first time ever in wrestling. I, I hope to make sure no one ever does it again. What? What? Pretend to be the Lost Conquistadors? What? <laughs> <laughs> wasn't was, wasn't the most recent one fucking Kurt Angle being the Conquistadors? Yes, it was. <laughs> In the international battle royale that had Baron Corbin in it. <laughs> the thing is about Kurt being in that outfit, Kurt has a very distinct silhouette. <laughs> yeah, it's called his neck. Yeah. <laughs> so you kind it's kind of like the Fugazi doesn't work when you've got a neck that wide, Kurt. <laughs> <laughs> 
and then they're like, oh, who could it, who could it be? Oh man, this is really stocky guy that's in the Olympic Slam. Would you believe yeah. that the Hardys would lose the titles to the team of Bull Buchanan and the Good Father? Yes, they lost yeah, it to right to censor. Where am I, baby? Let me hear your sirens in the in chat, everybody. Woo 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 woo. Warning! 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 <laughs> oh my God, they're here! So yeah, these that that would lead us, of course, to a Survivor Series elimination match with uh, the team of Edge and Christian and Right to Censor, um, de- uh, being defeated by the Hardys and the Dudleys. Indeed. This would, of course, lead us to WrestleMania 17. Now, Dan, we've talked about this match when we did our we huge have. review of WrestleMania 17, but would you like, should we talk about it a little bit more, just one more time? We can do Ooh. that. This match fucks. It does fuck. <laughs> Even with, like, the run-ins of each respective, like, uh, like associate of the team with like Spike, Lita, Rhino. This match still is just amazing. <laughs> See, but this is one of those cases where I think it works. <laughs> the Dudley dog every, from the every... ring to the to outside is awesome. Because <laughs> the thing with this is that everything's gonzo anyway. <laughs> yes. So you're just like, okay, let's get even more stupid. <laughs> Rhino commits like borderline murder on someone. Lita gets free deed with a with we're wearing nothing but a bra. Crazy. <laughs> Spike Absolutely Dudley does the great. most insane Dudley dog outside of the ring. Oh yeah, it's, it, it, it's stupid. And of course, we get that. Of course, a lot of huge spots. That spot between, I think it was, I think it might have been, it was Bubba and Matt that fell from the ring on those high ladders into the like the stack of tables. Yes, <clears throat> that was an insane spot. And of course, uh, can I can I can I mention one of our titular subjects? Yes, uh, Jeff Hardy attempting to tightrope walk the ladders. Unbelievable! <laughs> I can well, imagine because I I know in his head he was like, "No, nah, I can do this." I bet you, day off they when they or when they were rehearsing it, Jeff pulled it off flawlessly. But here's the difference between then and that and and that point. They hadn't have been going for at least 15 minutes before Jeff did that spot. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> so I was like, oh, like, I can I... still do it. Holy shit. <laughs> like, I, I know that he was there and was like, nah, I, I have got this. Like, I can do this. Takes one step and almost immediately eat shit. <laughs> and then, of course, we get that infamous spot where Jeff is hanging in midair, holding on to nothing but the tag titles, and Edge just says to himself, you know what would be a great idea? Spiking my head into the canvas. <laughs> that is true. Like, if you took Jeff out of that situation, he just DDTs himself on the mat. Oh, yeah. But I, need, I need someone to edit that clip, but just completely get <laughs> rid no, of the But no, <laughs> The WrestleMania 17 um, spear spot, but with no Jeff. David, yeah, David's listening. Come on, David. I know you want to. I mean, my my favorite my favorite bit about all of this is I can't remember if it's Matt or Jeff that he's up there with, but it's it's one of them with Devon. And in the interview since, um, I think it's Jeff. Uh, yeah, it's Jeff and Devon. D- D- Devon is there hanging from the belt hook. 
and ju- and just shitting himself. Yeah, because he hates heights. He? he hates heights, and he's and he's just saying like, Jeff, could you stop kicking me? Yeah. <laughs> I think his words were, Jeff, get the fuck off of me. <laughs> That's incredible. Oh, that match was amazing, and I feel like the true kind of I guess in the terms of the rivalry of this trio was the absolute zenith. Of, oh, of yeah. this of this rivalry between the three, and let's be honest, right? Since then, they really have not WWE really have not got it right with tag team wrestling. No, no, absolutely not. Ever, ever since then, we've just been going through the thing of like, oh, guess we have like a new a new team to come along. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, have you wanted to watch the same three teams like? Piggyback the titles over and over. You you, you oh, say three. You actually mean two, Dad. Come on, it's the Usos of look, New Day. I'm, I'm, look, right. I'm giving some love to like post 2010. Okay. Okay, fair enough. Fair. <laughs> mm. <laughs> so yeah. Mate, um, <laughs> I was gonna say Dax and Cash wanting to go back and then realizing, oh fuck, it's just gonna be the Usos of New Day again. We're gonna have to be going back in the shower, shaving our backs, aren't we? Mm. I'm just saying, Dax and Cash. <laughs> so, where do we go from here? Well, the invasion just happens, and we get Matt, we get Matt and Jeff winning the tag team, uh, the WCW tag team championships from the iconic WCW tag team of Booker T and Test. Ooh. Guys, they were in the same company together. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Yeah, everyone knows the Punisher, Andrew Martin, and his time at the WCW Power Plant. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, iconic tag team. No, they would eventually lose the titles then to the Dudleys uh, two weeks later. They, <laughs> they would beat... What a surprise. They would beat Booker T and Test again, but this time for the WWF tag team titles. <laughs> Unbelievable. And it's so, it's so this time is so weird for how hot potatoing the titles were at this time. They were just there and we just went, look, right? You want it? Okay, you can have it. Let's go. They would I mean, of course there was that uh the Survivor series, they would have that cage match against the Dudleys to unify both titles. The Dudleys would end up being victorious. I think this was the one where Jeff did the whisper in the wind to Bubba as well, if memory serves yeah. me correct. Um, Again, it is one of the spots of all time. This would lead to the weird time in 2002, which would see uh, which would see Matt and Jeff uh, their fra- fra- their friendship and their brotherhood fractured, as they would go on to end up having a rivalry together. Eventually, we need to split them up. That's it's- like that's just like WWE like law. But they wouldn't be split up for very long. They would have one grudge match at Vengeance, which would see Jeff victorious, uh, with Lita as the special guest referee, uh, which was a bit of a botched decision because Lita failed to see Matt's foot on the rope. And they were going to lead up to a match at Royal Rumble, but the storyline was quickly dropped in January, and they both reunited. Oh my god. Only to have that storyline leading up to WrestleMania being... To get their absolute ass whipped by the Undertaker. Fucking <laughs> Undertaker. This is man. this is the the. You just wonder, like, what was the thought process? 
We need to make the kids happy? I don't know. <laughs> we need to sell more Hardy Boys merch. <laughs> so we're going to sell more merch by having him get absolutely killed by The Undertaker. But hey, this also led the Royal Rumble, led to one of the greatest pops in Royal Rumble history. With the Hardys already eliminated and beating up The Undertaker and distracting him long enough, Maven drop kicked The Undertaker out of the Royal Rumble. Oh, That's my boy right there. Goated. Goated moment. So no you can fake Matt and Jeff for that moment. Unbelievable. So. Fucking believe Yes. So, in a four corners elimination match at WrestleMania 18, we have the Hardys challenging Billy and Chuck alongside the APA and the Dudleys for the tag team uh, for the tag team championships. Mm. Billy and Chuck oh. won. <laughs> yeah. so Billy and Chuck won. Was Rico Constantino involved? Yes, of course he was. Rico Constantino, the greatest manager of all time. <laughs> Oh God! But of course, of course, as Billy once said during their uh, their uh, their union, they're not gay or anything. <laughs> I think they are. <laughs> you know what the worst I, I, part I about it. that, like Billy and Chuck, was is that Vince Matt had the gall to get glad to help them with the storyline and then swerve them by saying, "Oh they yeah, yeah." Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> That's that. That's what we call a Vince moment. But hey, probably better than what they could have come up with. But hey, at least they got onto bigger and better things, Matt and Jeff, as they would end up having a rivalry with Brock Lesnar. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure nothing bad can come from this. Do you remember that 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 sweet chair shot Jeff did to Brock's head? Yes. The, it the, sticks in my mind. The sound the chair makes on Brock's head. Not healthy. <laughs> no, I'm not. I was going to say, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Chair shots aren't great. No, chair shots aren't good at all. <laughs> what am I talking don't, about? Don't do that. <laughs> in a po- we we live in a post-concussion world, everybody. <laughs> we do. You will, die, you will die quicker if you do that. But unless your name's Brock Lesnar. <laughs> unless you're Brock Lesnar. Unless you have a head made of actual steel. Yeah, you're going to go on forever, I think. So, this leads us to the split of the Hardy Boys. And we get Matt going over to SmackDown and Jeff staying on Raw. Now, I'll try and kind of... Con- I'll try and condense this as much as I can, but at the same time, I do want to get a bit, give a lot of love to Matt Hardy in this one. So Jeff, during this time, being on Raw, would end up slowly making his way up to the main event scene, eventually having that ta- uh, that ladder match on Raw for the undisputed championship against the Undertaker. Which sucks. Fun story about that. When the Undertaker got to the arena and was told what was going to happen, he said, "Excuse me, what the fuck? I don't do ladders. Look at me." Because <laughs> he honestly That's thought not awesome. He honestly thought he was going to be doing a TLC spot fest match with Jeff. <laughs> That's not going to work for me, dude. <laughs> that won't work for me, brother. Or maybe it will, dude. <laughs> so the ladder, Jack. 
So that's incredible. So Mark, what we're gonna have you do is we're gonna have you get onto the top of the ladder. You see Jeff prone on the floor, and you're gonna do a four fifty split. Whoa, whoa, whoa! That's gonna <laughs> work for me, dude. <laughs> The, underta- the, un- the Undertaker does a swanton. <laughs> fuck, fuck that, I got a combo. <laughs> 630 Tombstone. <laughs> what the That's fuck was that? Awesome. A top rope double flip to... Jesus Christ. The, the... Oh my god. Don't worry, Vikingo's probably working on it right now. <laughs> yeah, that's true. See, it's somebody in Mexico, Vikingo's going, fuck that, I got a combo. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, thank, thank you for that. Thank you for that, Cash. You you made me just, I can't concentrate now. I've got that moment in my head. Also, thank I you, Dino. I'm, I'm blaming Dino wholeheartedly now for making me corpse. Dino's so funny. I love him so much. He's a good dude. He is a good dude. Mm-hmm. Anyway, let's get to SmackDown and Matt Hardy version one. Mm. The sensei of Mattitude. That is this is look Matt is peak. All right, if you don't think Matt is peak, you're living in a fucking matrix, bro. <laughs> I just there. I don't know what it is, but cruiserweight the cruiserweight title scene in 2003 was fucking awesome, and it all stemmed from Matt Hardy and that whole thing leading up to No Way Out when he was trying to cut weight and was wearing a bodysuit during red, uh, wrestling ma- a sweatsuit during wrestling matches to lose weight. Again, I, I've said this before. They had this time where they were like, well, we have a bunch of people. We don't know what to do with them, so we'll stick them in the Cruiserweight title division. And then they just decided to just let them have, like, 10-minute bangers. <laughs> yes. The Sensei of Mattitude would end up picking up the Cruiserweight Championship at No Way Out. Ended up mm. having the opening match at WrestleMania 19 against Rey Mysterio in a really overlooked classic, if you ask me. Mostly, yeah. I think, because Rey Mysterio was wearing his Daredevil gimmick. <laughs> oh, my oh, God, yeah. Oh, my God. Um, that that, that goes crazy. It's so crazy. The fact that he brought the Daredevil mask back when, when he was wearing when he was casual wear Rey Mysterio that one uh, SmackDown <laughs> promo with the with the Chargers jersey, the like the jewelry, the the boot cut jeans, and the Timberlands. Insane fit. <laughs> Rey Mysterio in the Tims be going crazy. <laughs> Of course, Matt Hardy was not alone as the as the sensei of Mattitude, as he picked up a follower. Real life friend Shannon Moore came along <laughs> as a follower of Mattitude. But also, did you know? I complete almost completely forgot about this that Shannon Moore had his own follower. What did he? He had Crash Holly as a follower, or as he lovely put it, he had a moron. What? <laughs> Get it, moron? Shannon Moore? <laughs> what? Yeah, Crash Holly. Why do part... I not remember this? Because it was so blinking, you miss it. <laughs> like what one the week... fuck? Yeah, Crash Holly was part of Matt Hardy's like magic uh, follower. I won't fucking stand for this. <laughs> I burst into Vince's office. Like, what the fuck are you doing? The worst part is, though, that out of all three of them, Crash Holly was the heaviest because he allegedly weighed over four hundred pounds. Allegedly. <laughs> I can't believe that he was not allowed to carry the scales at this point as well, that he was only given a, ba- a black baseball cap that he wore backwards and a V1 t-shirt. Come on! <laughs> what a moron. What <laughs> 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 moron. That's awesome. That's so, awesome. Yeah. so where was Jeff? 
Uh, Jeff was about to start a storyline with Trish Stratus, of all people. In fact, as a matter nice. of fact, he was three weeks into this storyline, uh, a love interest angle with Trish. But um, he was released in April of 2003 for his re- erratic behaviour, his use of substances, and his refusal to go to rehab was all was kind of like the straw that broke the camel's back, uh, as well as the constant no showing of house shows and and even live Don't shows. Don't worry about it. So after that, Jeff, of course, would end up debuting for TNA in two thousand and four ish time. I believe. Yeah, my match... TNA hive. Where are we at, boys? <laughs> it was two thousand and four. Yeah, he would end he had, up... It was his, this was his first TNA run. That was way earlier than I thought it would yeah, be. Yeah, 2004 at the Asylum, believe it or not. Would you... Mm. Uh, there is a cursed world where the TNA Asylum in Nashville actually had the six-sided ring. Oh, yeah, my Yeah, there's this, it, it's this really weird crossover period. His first match it... was against AJ Styles <laughs> as well. It's, it, it's really weird. Because mm. it's it's also stuff like um, someone shared a picture from where like they had changed the WWE set, but they still had like the old Raw logo. Yeah, yeah. What? It messes with your head so badly. <laughs> That's so odd. So so strange. <laughs> um, but yeah, he ended up having his first match against uh, AJ Styles, and he ended up having that uh, iconic, I guess the iconic theme music you can guess that he sung himself with his band, Parox Wygen. Oh my god. Marius to the top. to the top. Oh my god. I think that's the only lyric I feel like the very the I think the most memorable thing of Jeff's first time, uh, first go around in TNA was his rivalry with Abyss and Father James Mitchell. I'll be honest, it was almost definitely that theme. <laughs> um, again, yeah, it was, yeah, it, it was definitely the theme. Of which, of which again, I have to remind people, Abyss clear. Sorry, had to get that in there. <laughs> you Abyss damn, is the goat. You damn right. You damn right. That's an opinion I agree with, and also think you are a base god now. Hell yeah! I mean, I would I dare certified. Say, I would dare say it was even my opinion. My opinion. <laughs> my opinion. My opinion. My my op. Sam, my opium? I, know, I know we have. I know we have a guess here. Why are you doing opium? My opium, <laughs> but, but 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 then again, you got asked. You got asked Pulse the same thing. What is he doing in myopia? <laughs> Wait, my opium? <laughs> but yes. <laughs> Fuck's sake! <laughs> you know what? I, mean, I was going to say just an offshoot of anything. The moment you realise when you're listening to the to, to the Deadlock podcast, when you realise that James is off his tits, is when you start to understand why the podcast goes off the rails most of the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's fucking crazy, that guy. I love Pulse so much. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's awesome. Anyhow, oh we're talking about T- J- Jeff's time in TNA and how his kind of most notable rivalry was between uh, Abyss. The most notable, I would say, moment of uh, like high spot of Jeff's was when he <laughs> a- was able to swanton off the TNA impact set, off the entrance ramp, like clear the entrance ramp and hit Abyss on a ta- on a table mm. on the concrete floor. 
Oh yeah, I remember that. Fucking now, based. this is the kind of energy that can only come from substance use. I'm sorry. <laughs> I love it. They were, they were just talking about Jeff Hardy TNA. Just, that had to be drug enhanced. Like, <laughs> it's true. I, 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 I can't believe that a person of, I'm going to say, sane mind <laughs> could could look at that and go, "No, nah, I can do this safely with like zero extra safety precautions." Yeah, no. there's only one man that could have possibly cleared Jeff to do that. Hey, it's Jeff Jarrett. Oh I my thought you were just going to say Jeff Hardy himself. No. <laughs> Not Jarrett. My world. Remember, everybody, he ain't dead, but he's also not the rock for some reason. He's not the rock. <laughs> That's crazy. So, yeah, what was Matt doing at this time as well as we get to 2005? Well, I guess you could say Matt got cucked. Oh, it was this storyline. Yeah. Oh, my. Could it be? <laughs> it Matt, is. Matt got released in 2005 due to unprofessional conduct with social media after he discovered that his girlfriend at the time was having a real-life affair with Adam Copeland, a.k.a. Edge. So, yeah. Fuck that guy. <laughs> Yeah, he would go on to the internet exclusive show Bite This when Lita was a guest on to absolutely try to trash her. <laughs> Good lord. Would you believe, though, that Matt, even though with, with a cup of, cup of coffee uh, run in Ring of Honor for about two months, ended up being rehired just a few months later and would feud with Edge. This ended up having actually quite a sweet match. Uh, quite a sweet match. I think I want to say it might have been No Mercy two thousand and five. I think it was, but I think the thing that makes this match like kind of sweet is the fact that you can tell there's actual real venom in it. Yes. Oh yeah. They yeah. were. They, they. They were. There. There was potatoes flying around. <laughs> like they. They really. They really just went in there and were just like, okay, look, we're agreeing to work, but. Also, I'm just gonna smack you up. <laughs> I mean, you gotta respect it. Exactly. Exactly. Those are the best kind of workers. The ones that are like, listen, I, I know you're gonna kick my ass. So just like, let's just let's just set what I agree before the match to just yeah. let's just kill each other. Look, we we we're, we're gonna we're gonna get through this. We're gonna smack each other up a bit, right? We'll worry about everything else afterwards. Yeah, that'll work perfectly. Perfect Good mindset. <laughs> the, so, the, the perfect, the perfect worker. <laughs> listen, listen, let's just by gods be by gods. But I'm just gonna say this right now: don't be offended if I just punch you square in the jaw. <laughs> don't be offended if I just throw a ladder in your face. Yeah, you know what? Well, that's fine. That's fine. Somewhere yeah, there's there's Lita in the middle going, what "Forget the fuck? about it." <laughs> Lita in the middle going, "What the <laughs> fuck is going on?" <laughs> These guys didn't kill each other. <laughs> we're getting paid. We're getting paid. I'm getting paid to watch this shit, King. Ah! <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. Hey, do you remember that time you talked about Blackula? Blackula? I'm not going to do that again. Ah, <laughs> oh, come on. Shake. <laughs> anyway, sh <laughs> shall, uh, sh shall we get to the Hardy's reunion? 
Yes. 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 yes, So it was in August of 2006 that it was announced that Jeff had rejoined the WWE and would make his debut soon after, or his returns, I should say, soon after on Raw. Mm. Um, He would end up beginning uh, beginning a rivalry, somewhat small kind of little rivalry with Edge, before finally uh, reuniting with Matt to team up together for the first time in four years for the for Survivor Series to be part of Team DX. Um, oh gosh, this Survivor Series. Do you remember did you, this the 2006 Survivor Series? All right, this batch, right? We have we have Team DX, the team of Shawn Michaels, Triple H, the Hardys, and CM Punk. What the hell? Defeating the team of Team Rated RKO. That's Edge, Randy Orton. Eminem, oh no, sorry, Johnny Nitro, I should say. He was uh, Jerry Mercury was replaced by Mike Knox. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah, man! And Gregory Helms. Yes, but quite arguably the best wrestler in this team, uh, in this in this match at that time. <laughs> Goated Gregory Helms, who was going on that really long run with the cruiserweight championship. Yeah, but you have to remember that the cruiserweight title meant absolutely jack shit. <laughs> Uh, you're yeah. right. You're right. You know what the best part about this whole match was, though. The only thing Mike everybody Knox. remembers. No, no. The only thing everybody remembers is that everybody remembers that CM Punk was the only over guy in this entire match. <laughs> so much so that it offended Triple H. He made him have a spot, and then Triple H got so offended after the fact. <laughs> oh my god. Uh. But before we got to that, there is actually a little-known match, warm-up match that they had on ECW, defeating the team of the full-blooded Italians. How dare oh, you, saying, motherfucker! How dare <laughs> you, job, little Guido and Tony Mama Luke? I'm just saying, man. Oh Again, though, God. this is this is WWE ECW, where literally anyone that had any connection to actual ECW was just destined to be a jobber. That is for true. Uh, so what's some notable highlights from J- Matt and Jeff's reunion? Well, I'm glad nobody fucking asked, because we start with <laughs> December to Dismember. <laughs> oh my God, no! It's <laughs> December to Dismember. In the only competent match of that entire show. Yeah, they oh had an open God. challenge, which was accepted by the reuniting Eminem. That is unreal. <laughs> yep. Oh God. Like the, the the best match on their show is an entirely mid tag match. <laughs> Unbelievable. They would end up having a uh, a chance at the WWE Tag Championships at Armageddon. They were going, and it was uh, the original tag team match was supposed to be Eminem versus Hardys, but got changed to a four team ladder match, which involved the Hardys, Eminem, London and Kendrick, and the team of William Regal and Dave Taylor. They were re- they were really committed to this idea of like, now we can run this back again. <laughs> We could run it back with 50-year-old Dave Taylor, can't we? Sure. Yeah. That's so odd. I was gonna say, I feel I, 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 this is this part of me that feels bad at the only, the only thing that people remember Dave Taylor for now is the, is, is the conspiracy that Dave Taylor had something to do with what happened with Chris Benoit. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's a shame. That is a shame. I, I, I'm glad that William Regal went on his podcast and said, can people stop fucking telling people? Stop telling <laughs> that Dave Taylor had any involvement in that. <laughs> can you stop fucking telling anyone? <laughs> Everyone. Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> now, this is the actual match where Jeff Hardy did that spot, that seesaw ladder spot, which made Joey Mercury's oh, face explode. No. Oh my god, that spot is legendary. I love that spot. Like this, I this feel really this bad. Spot, this spot will shit. live on forever because holy of shit. being not like early internet, but like early growth of internet. Yes. And just like everyone just like clipping it and sharing it <laughs> yeah absolutely insane it is nuts i love the fact that the promo afterwards was uh was joey saying you people caused me to have my hollywood good looks we love we love a good you people promo <laughs> you people <laughs> you you people. i'm sick of rich- you People. Why am I Ric Flair all the time? <laughs> Why you did you people? become Ric Flair? Hey, you people! <laughs> Take <laughs> this cow! Woo people! Woo people! You people got me to have a heart attack twice in my last match! Woo! <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> Then, I was gonna say this feud never really set like like ended up with any sort of gold. I mean, Jeff and Johnny Nitro would battle over the Intercontinental Championship. The Hardys would settle their feud with Eminem at the Royal Rumble when they would defeat them. Eventually, finally having it settled at No Way Out in a in a, in a kind of like blink and you'll miss it match. Eventually, we would end up having Matt on um, Jeff trying to go for the Money in the Bank uh, ladder match at that year's WrestleMania. But I believe this was the time where he failed his first wellness policy. Mm. And thus, was I think this was WrestleMania 24 as well, oh, so no. it was quickly taken out. And I believe at the time he did win the Intercontinental Championship from Nitro, but was quickly stripped of it and was given to the returning Chris Jericho. <laughs> Ah. So, oh, no. after Jeff served Not his that. 30 days, they would return to Raw and win the World Tag Team Championships for the sixth time in a 10-team battle royal. And this thus would begin a rivalry between the with the team of Lance Cade and Trevor Murdoch. <laughs> Shout out Trevor Murdoch, that's my guy. <laughs> Oh, gosh, NWA's very own Trevor Murdoch. Ah. <laughs> but I don't... I, 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 <laughs> they would have two pay-per-view... That's the fucking dude. They, had, they would end up having two pay-per-view matches uh, where they would retain the titles. At one night stand, they would retain the titles against the reunited world's greatest tag team in a ladder match. This was a title... I think it was when they were split. They split up and they reformed together. And I think it was after this that Charlie Haas would end up having the I will steal the gimmick infringement gimmick. We would come out as, as Hulk Hogan. He would come out as Beth Phoenix. He would come out as Macho Man. Like every other week, Charlie Haas would have a new gimmick that was somebody else's gimmick. <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, that is a cursed time in WWE. 
But then That's again, awesome. th- but then again, there is Shelton Benjamin. So you know, swings and random. <laughs> but the next night on Raw, after one that uh, one night stand, the Hardys would lose their championships to Caden Murdoch. And so that kind of ends sort of their their kind of like their time as a team during that that time. And we would eventually end up ha- with Jeff going for the WWE Championship in a more singles run to eventually push up to the main event. He would end up having a rivalry with Randy Orton in 2008 and 2009, which would see Jeff do what he's called the highest <coughs> platform he's done a swanton off, which was the uh, the raw set, <laughs> which was the scaffolding of the raw set. I believe he said he was like 35 feet high. Yes. And he got up the that top. spot is awesome as well. He got to the top and realised, oh shit, what have I done? <laughs> but that didn't stop him from doing the swanton, as is the case of when he had his... made a mistake. <laughs> it was also the it's, it never stopped him, especially when he had his rivalry with Umaga, which saw him do a swanton off a off a, the top of a lorry. <laughs> oh my god. That spot, oh my God. that spot into onto the concrete. Well, well, they would tell you it was the concrete, but Jeff disappeared. Oh, wow. Jeff disappeared into cr- into <laughs> crates, and then the camera ran around, and they were on the concrete. Into the Nether Pole. <laughs> into, into the painting, like in Super Mario sixty four. Hell yeah. He said, as he, he did the swanton and he screamed to Umaga as he was cut, as he was flying wow. into the air. No, he was actually saying, so long, gay Bowser. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> so, yes, as quickly, Jeff was being positioned in a main event, uh, in a main event role and looked like he was going for the WWE Championship. Where was Matt during this time? Well, Matt had just been drafted to ECW. <laughs> Oh no, not this ECW, bro! Oh my god! But I'll did... just say quickly, yes. ECW in this era, dude. Uh, we have a friend, Top Super Kicker, on Twitter. <laughs> Absolute crackhead. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he, he loves this era of ECW. Like, we'll oh. we'll always talk about evenings where we uh we have nothing to do, so we'll like watch an old show, like an hour long show from like this era. He always says, "Let's watch ECW." And it's always like it's always shit. It's always shit. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck. I, mean, I, I don't. I don't love ECW from this period. I just like the random people that appear. Oh, oh yeah, it's always good to Raven see random people. Walker, Gavin Spear. Do you, do you guys ever remember DJ Gabriel? I that rings a name that means something to me. DJ yeah, Gabriel, which only had he only had two appearances and was managed by Alicia Fox. Nice. Do you remember Hayden yeah. Manson, who was supposed to be yes. in ECW, but and have a rivalry with The Undertaker? Only had one vignette and was told to never come back because he was, and I quote, short as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> now that's offensive to me. <laughs> that's pretty sick. But yeah, yeah, ECW at this time was cursed. Yes. Now, Matt did okay. have a run with the US title when on SmackDown and ended up having that really cool rivalry with uh, Montel Vontavious Porter. Which is, was, again, one of the feuds of all time. <laughs> it was a great rivalry, if you ask me. And it was just like they ended up having those contests, that, that basketball layup contest, yeah. if you remember. 
Oh no, I remember that. But yeah, uh, Matt's in ECW. Uh, and it isn't in vain, because Matt would end up eventually picking up an ECW championship uh, on, the, on the brand. Thank God for that. So at least they gave him a world championship, even though it's the yeah. world championship they had no love or time for. <laughs> Epic. But we say all this, Jeff was in the, the main event and eventually would end up winning the WWE Championship in a triple threat match, I believe, if memory serves me yes. correct, with Randy Orton and Triple H, if memory yes. serves me correct. Yes, my lord. Um, yeah, war. What a reception on this one, if memory... Yeah. It's so good. The pop. I mean, it's the pop was so loud, it's its own bloody video um, on YouTube. <laughs> on the official wwe channel so like because jeff is just one of those guys that for some i mean i i say for some reason we know the reason because he does cool stuff yes <laughs> but just that seeing him win was like so cool because we've been going through like we didn't reach peak super cena ah but like we were feeling it memory serves me correct actually it was edge not randy orton okay well we 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 had been going through like peak super cena and basically their thing was like, okay, we have like four people we're going to give the title to. Yeah. And you just have to deal with it. <laughs> so Jeff actually winning was like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah. Especially the way they did it. Like, I think it was like, um, so he does, he does, I believe it was triple H had the pin. Yeah, and then and Jeff, Jeff just swantons on top of them, which by the way, awesome finish. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I agree. So, yeah, I mean, a freaking awesome moment. And throughout 2008, Jeff was gunning for that title. If memory serves me correct, he had in the beginning of the year, he would end up having a match against uh, Triple H to kind of uh, get the number one contendership, which he would end up yeah. winning through Sneaky Pin. He would end up losing his first title opportunity against Randy Orton at the Royal Rumble, eventually building up to a rivalry with Edge for the WWF champ uh, WWE Championship. Sorry. Uh, and which eventually would lead to kind of Triple H being kind of like it was that weird time when he was a face, but would also say kind of like really smarmy things that you make you go, "You're actually an asshole, aren't you?" Yeah, but you have to understand though that he was a he was deemed to be a face because uh, he decided he was. Yeah. So yeah, let's not forget that. <laughs> Hell yeah. So yes, uh, as we lead up to the feud between Matt and Jeff. In 2009. Oh, uh, no. With both, oh, with, oh, yeah. no. Yeah. <laughs> so we have Matt as, w, uh, as ECW champion. We have Jeff as WWE champion. They both would form a tag team here and there, both as the champions of their respective brands. Eventually, Matt would lose the ECW championship to the newly debuted Jack Swagger. Uh, he, would, he, would, uh, he would in vain... Uh, lose an opportunity in a rematch at the Royal Rumble, while Jeff held on to the WWE Championship at that same event. The bitterness was sown, and Matt was getting incredibly and increasingly jealous of Jeff's success. Oh, he would inv oh God, here we go. During his match in a defense against Edge for the WWE Championship, Matt would, would seemingly look to give a chair to Jeff but would swing it instead at Jeff, 
costing him the championship and Edge is your WWE champion. And this starts the seeds of the rivalry between Matt and Jeff. We got serious Matt Hardy because he stopped wearing the cargo pants, was wearing yeah. tights and elbow pads. And would you believe it? I think something that Matt has even still not been charged for, he burned down Jeff Hardy's home. With his dog still inside, like they no, no, they alluded to the fact that Matt was the one that started the fight. <laughs> I listen. I don't like when they include real life stories, especially something like that. But goddamn, dude, that has to be one of the most hilarious fucking things I've ever watched in my entire life. But what about your dog, Jack? What about my dog, Jack? What about Jack, man? I just, love, about... I just love the fact that all the details they could have picked, they specified on the dog. Oh my god, it's so funny. It's like, it's like, you cared about your dog more than you cared about me. It's like, what the fuck? <laughs> you set my house on fire. <laughs> Unbelievable. So this led to an Extreme Rules match at WrestleMania 25, which Matt won as well and that would continue to win in their subsequent match the next month in a stretcher match but you really can't well we really you can't keep you can't strike while the iron's hot because immediately the next night matt was drafted back to raw <laughs> holy moly but they would end up having an i quit match to blow it all off at backlash to which jeff actually won but this wasn't the last time that Matt would interfere with Jeff's, uh, with Jeff's business, as Jeff was gunning for the World Heavyweight Championship. And on Judgment Day 2009, just as he looked as if he was about to win the World Heavyweight Championship from Edge, Matt Hardy interferes again. <laughs> Yay! <Fucking> Matt, bro. <laughs> Every okay. single time. It's so, so stupid. But then at <laughs> least we get to this. We have the right. We, we have Jeff eventually winning the world heavyweight championship, and eventually Matt would reunite. Funny enough, with with Jeff, with all that on animosity in the year in the six months prior was gone as they reunited and teamed up with John Morrison to defeat the Hart Dynasty and CM Punk. This was, of course, during the time where Jeff had a huge bitter rivalry with Punk for the world heavyweight championship. The this... great unifier, John Morrison. <laughs> exactly. Uh, CM oh, sorry, Punk... Johnny, insert company name here. <laughs> uh, Punk had just won his second Money in the Bank and cashed it in on Jeff to win the World Heavyweight Championship. They would go on to have that barnstormer of a match at SummerSlam, <laughs> which involved that insane ladder spot into the announce table. <laughs> Love that Oh one. my God, yeah, that's true. The end of that, mm -hmm. and eventually this would actually be the final storyline for Jeff, as he would end up uh, kind of not renewing his contract, um, and they would we and Punk weaves that, woves that into the storyline, eventually culminating in a cage match with the stipulation that the loser leaves the WWE. In the weeks prior to this, Punk had been sabotaging a lot of Jeff's stuff. Like, I remember, do you guys remember, if, the, if it jogs the memory, of the time where Jeff was making his entrance and the pyro went batshit insane all over in Jeff's face and had to, he had to be hospitalised? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. There's so many spots from that era where I'm like... Like, just most of them are Jeff. Like, especially, like, oh, dude. 
I don't know how to say it. Like Jeff just doesn't care. He like, he, he'll do anything and he like in any way. Yeah, he's just like, how, how do I, how do I go to the hospital today? Like, what should I mess up? <laughs> That's crazy. Okay, so this leads us to Jeff leaving the WWE. Matt would go on to have eventually somewhat of a kind of quiet part for the next year. He would end up being the the pro for Justin Gabriel in the first series of NXT, which is so memorable for Matt. (laughs) Matt doing his entrance taunt on the... uh, Sorry, his entrance taunt in the ring and falling out of the (laughs) ring. Yeah. <laughs> to which Justin Gabriel would look to go and what what the fuck do I do now? <laughs> yeah. Unbelievable. Ah, uh, so this leads us to TNA. Let's start off with what Jeff was doing in the year that Matt was still in the company. Jeff would make his return in January of 2010 episode of Impact. Uh, during the X Division cage match. I can't remember what that bloody cage was, but the thing is, it was that red cage where the participants had to climb out of the cage in order um, to win. Um, um, um... Oh. You know what, I think it was like Quest for the Gold? No, it wasn't Quest for the Gold, was it? No, it it was... I want to say it was called The Asylum, but it wasn't. (laughs) I think it's some... All I remember is that Homicide did an interview, uh, I think last year, with Sam Roberts, saying, I wish I had practised that spot because I looked like a fucking idiot trying to climb out of the cage and I couldn't actually climb out. (laughs) Well, because you had to climb over... You had to climb over um, an overhang. Yeah! And he's there trying to get up, and he just can't. He can't swing his leg out of the. <laughs> Unbelievable. So yeah, Jeff would make his way through the crowd and actually just climb up the the cage and just sit on top of the cage, not in- being involved in the match. He wanted to be edgy. Exactly. Exactly. Thus, it, uh, well, he would end up having a couple of rivalries and storylines with Hulk Hogan and, and Eric Bischoff. This would culminate oh at Bound for Glory 2010, where Jeff would finally win the TNA World Heavyweight Championship in a freeway dance between Kurt Angle and Mr. Anderson. 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 Let us not forget, it was also during this time as well, that they had brought back the wolf pack and it was called the yeah pack. they had and they had for some reason they had kevin nash sting scott hall and i didn't realize that the pope d'angelo de Niro, was a member of the wolf pack well yeah, you know weird. tna does what tna likes <laughs> but no i wouldn't question it <laughs> after the animosity between hogan bischoff and hardy it was with help from hogan and bischoff it was revealed they were in cahoots the whole time and had i oh never my. would have guessed had oh my <laughs> and had formed the faction known as immortal this course leads us to the gang wars of immortal versus fortune four <laughs> fortune four oh, we uh me and David, uh, our friend Durrell, we did a <laughs> we did a recent review. We did a retro review of the, uh, one of the episodes from 2011, <laughs> and it was it was the one where Jeff Hardy comes on the Tron because Rob Van Dam is like, yeah, I'm, I want to fight Jeff Hardy. I want to know what the hell's going on. And then Jeff comes up on the screen. It's obviously a pre-rendered like video, and he just goes, friendship. What is friendship? <laughs> <laughs> I am the Antichrist of professional wrestling. 
<laughs> Is that right, Jeff? <laughs> well, right. awesome, mate. Cool. Love it. Cool. Cool. This, of course, would Happy. also see Jeff debut his own version of the World Heavyweight Championship. Oh yeah, Will. That cursed purple face belt. We thing. spoke about this however long ago it was, probably like two years ago. Yeah, with the worst belt designs. <laughs> this fucking um, cursed thing. Yeah, it's not great. Oh, this I, never, I never liked gimmick belts anyway. No, I feel like the only... I guess if you could call the only thing that kind of, I guess, I could give a pass to in terms of gimmick belts was Miro's design of the TNT Championship, but that was only because he oh, changed yeah. the colour of it to re- yeah. more resemble the Bulgarian flag. Guys, we're not we're not massive spinner belt fans here. Fuck <laughs> the, the spinner belt. Uh, what about the broken skull belt? Oh, that's true. <laughs> I say I'm you're a, a super species. I say you're a super, <laughs> super species. <laughs> but it was unfortunate demise of the broken skull belt because it went along. It went into the river with Stone Cold as The Rock told him to go to hell. <laughs> go to hell. Are you right about that? So, oh god, oh god, man, do I really have to talk about Immortal? Actually, would you like to? You know, it's always I mean, we, we, you, you know that we can just skip it. We could, brother. And, listen. I've, I've got work around, like, I'm on some kind of weird, like, I'm ready, brother, like, TNA <laughs> is not worth it, you do not have to talk about Immortal, brother, like, this is... No, because it, makes me, it, it makes me laugh at one point, Tommy Dreamer and Chris Harris were members of the, of, of Immortal. Oh my worry about God. it. Just, it's TNA, bro, just, just accept it, don't even try and think about it. Okay, so let's fast forward things a bit, because we need to get to a certain part of Jeff's career here. Matt would yeah. make his TNA debut as a surprising member of Immortal. He would thus defeat Rob Van Dam to retain it. He would go on to lose the World Heavyweight Championship to Mr. Anderson, of all people. Hell yeah. yeah again, the... they were really just giving title shots to whoever wanted it. Yes. Yes. Eventually, the Hardys would reunite to take on Van Damme and Mr. Anderson. And after that, we, of course, get to... Oh, gosh. We get to the most the most notable part of Jeff's second run in TNA. It's Victory Road 2010. Or 2011, right. I should say. Uh, it's the main there's, event. There's, there's, one, there's one key thing which needs to be said about this, which is that it should have never been allowed to happen. Yes. 100%. They could have easily just said, like, um, Jeff, you're fucked. You're not doing like, this. Like, Jeff couldn't be here because of some. I mean, you could have just gone to the point of saying, like, there's been a emergency or there's been a last minute change of plans. He cannot be here. Um, you will now get uh, Sting versus whoever. It could have been mm-hmm. Rob Van Dam. It could have been Rob Van Dam and Mr. Anderson because they that match ended in a no contest. You could have put those two back out there. It yeah, worked very well. But no, um, from what from the reports from what I've heard or the history of this, it turns out Jeff was absolutely fine the, as soon as the event started, but he disappeared for an hour, and as soon as his oh call time God. came up, people would realize that he had not. He was not of this planet. Unbelievable. And you can tell, because he, I think he stalled for about, I think at least a good minute and a half, and then he came out and, oh boy, you knew something. You could just tell. He's, he's, it was very bad because, like, mm. 
you had to get like Eric Bischoff had to come out. It was it was so embarrassing. And you could because, see like... how pissed Sting is. Like, oh yeah. And this the the worst part is is like as we've talked about like. Jeff ripped off Sting in the beginning of his like of his career, and he and he sees Sting as like an absolute influence on his career. So mm. how how oh man, how gutted have you got to be when you're of clear mind and realize, oh my god, I just fucked up massively against my hero. This is why I like to stress to people that man addiction is not good, and it works in ways you do not think. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, not much. I mean, Jeff would end up going into rehab, eventually returning several months later to a huge ovation um, from the uh, from the Impact faithful and for everyone. Uh, Matt and Jeff would eventually, around 2013, uh, 2013 to twenty fifteen, eventually go on to try and challenge for the tag team championships. They would end up actually having a really good match against the Wolves and an episode of Impact that I remember. Um, they would end up, end up having a trilogy of matches which would culminate at No Surrender. They would go on to eventually have rivalries with the Bromans, the team of Jesse Goddard and DJZ. Mm-hmm. Uh, even the third and Tyrus. Oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, no. And eventually end up having a rivalry between Samoa Joe and Low Key. What a team. What a team. Of course, this brings us to probably their most notable run here. It's the Broken Hardys. Oh, my God. Right. Barry down the fucking hatches, look. Matt, Matt Hardy with the Broken gimmick is one of my favourite gimmicks of all time. Yes. Mm-hmm. I love this gimmick. I watched every single promo he ever did of this gimmick. Mm-hmm. Even, even the Woken ones in WWE. I am addicted to it. Yes. I love weird shit. <laughs> I love how this all started because of an errant ladder shot, uh, tape, mm. a ladder and table spot to Matt's head, and that eventually yeah. uh, that 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 messed with Matt's brain so much that you en- ended up unlocking the like the the other eighty percent of his brain power. Yeah, <laughs> unbelievable. Eventually becoming a deity to a two thousand year old soul. <laughs> <laughs> And of course, yeah, Damascus. Damascus. This leads us, of course, to the final deletion, which I right. am so glad to talk about. Actually, guys, these you... silly, silly young wrestlers with their with their cinematic matches. Oh, never oh, Can I talk about the, the like the promo prior, which was just so cool? Like it's just like Matt, like Jeff riding up on a dirt bike to Matt's house, and he's suddenly playing a piano concerto. It's like <laughs> brother Nero. You can. It's it's the kind of thing that I expect from a JRPG, and the fact that it's in wrestling makes it incredible. Yeah. <laughs> someone pulls up on a bike to someone playing a piano. This is wrestling. And of course, that brings us to the final deletion. Now, yeah. How, guys? Seriously, like. Our thoughts now on it's been well gosh man, I was working at what culture when this match happened. <laughs> really? Yeah. Funnily enough, I was working at what culture when this match happened. And I remember cool. all I'm saying is this, right? Their revisionist history and the people that were involved in it, I'm talking I'm gonna put them on blast. 
Uh, oh, renaming names. Both, both Sam. Both, Sam, both. I don't have admin time. I don't want to see it sued. Okay, I was going to say both Adams, both Adams, Sam and Jack hated this match, but now suddenly, after they could book Matt in WCPW, they loved it. Yeah, that's true. Make of that what you will. I was utterly confused by it. I remember at the same time, I could not help but laugh because of some of Matt's like quotes. <laughs> fucking am- like Vanguard One. Fucking it's oh, the, the 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 fireworks spot where he where he's got a shovel and he goes it's over. Oh shit! I just it's not good, right? It it's clearly not good, but it's so fucking funny. This is what it's so thing. entertaining. But, uh, as I said, as I said to you, Sam, this fits into like the same. I said to you, is it fits into the compartment of my brain that stores like my love for stuff like the room. Yes. And like those really cheaply made Hong Kong action films. Yes. This yes. Is why I love, this is why I love Hong Kong Kung Fu films so much. Like, like it's it's not good, but I know it. But I'm like, <laughs> to be fair, in this case, it was probably trying to be. <laughs> but yeah. It's not good, and my brain is just like, oh no, this is funny though. <laughs> <laughs> of course, this all this was all added. I completely forgot that this actually all had a stipulation. If Jeff were to lose, he would lose the name Jeff Hardy and would be known only as Brother Nero. <laughs> I do remember that. And so, yeah, Matt won and thus was able to turn babyface. But only after the Broken Hardys ended up being in a rivalry with Deca- with the team, the faction Decay, when they kidnapped King Maxel, Matt's son. Yes. Oh my god. Oh my god. And uh, they only they ended up having another cinematic match with Decay, known as Delete or Decay, where they ended up. If you remember rightly, uh, remember the time where Abyss had that really big spiked bat known as Janice. Yes. Well, Abyss committed murder by hitting Brother Nero in the stomach with it, but he made a miraculous recovery after Broken Matt Hardy threw Jeff into the Lake of of Restoration. (laughs) Again, this is just straight JRPG stuff. I love it. (laughs) This brings us, of course, to the Expedition of Gold. Expedition, yes! Which the guys, as tag champions, would end up touring... A lot of places. They ended up uh, starting out in Omega, in their own company. They would end up going to Chile, Mexico, uh, West Virginia, and Maryland, because as we know, those both are completely different countries compared to the US. 100%. They would go on to... Well, it's debated whether it's six or seven, but it's... The more I see it, the more it seems like it's seven World Tag Team Championships during this tenure of the Expedition of Gold. The Expedition of Gold. This, of course, (laughs) would culminate in March 4th of 2017 when they would make their debuts for Ring of Honor and would defeat the Young Bucks for the World Tag Team Championships. This, of course, would lead to Supercard of Honor in that tag team ladder match with the Ring of Honor tag titles on the line. Yeah, I quite like this match. I went back and watched it. I was like, you know what? I can understand why they wanted to put over the Bucks of you so much. Yeah, a little bit overrated that match, but it is good. 
it's not too bad, honestly. It's all right. If anything, I feel it's a great little match to have for what happened the day after. Holy fuck. Because at WrestleMania 33, the next day, they would make their unannounced return to WWE. When I tell you I fell off my chair, I mean, no, I like, my legs just sprung. Like, I, I couldn't believe that. The Hardys were actually the fucking made the next day. <gasps> Bro, I was 14 when that happened. Fuck. Oh my god, that was so long ago. <laughs> <laughs> Six years ago. They would win that ladder match, by the way, for the Raw Tag League oh, Championships, which was the best call, match. if you ask me. Oh, yeah, I yeah. It. That's much of the night. They would end up having rivalries, of course, with the club, the bar. They would end up having a match between Enzo and Cass, although we don't talk about Enzo and Cass. No. Yeah, don't worry about that. But then kind of it just... Nothing really came of it. We had, of course... It was seemed to be more of like a legacy run for these two. We'd have Matt eventually becoming the copyright distinct Woken Matt Hardy to have a rivalry yes. with Bray Wyatt. But yeah, because... Jeff... Something happened to Jeff, didn't it? Jeff like, would end up tearing his rotator cuff yeah, yeah, in September. Yeah. Coming back, eventually having a run with the US Championship. Mm. Um, they would end up uh they would end up winning the SmackDown Championships from the Usos in 2019. Oh yeah, I remember oh my gosh, I was on a cruise when when uh, when Matt Hardy came back. I remember yeah. that. And eventually wow. kind of it all kind of went away because Jeff ended up suffering a leg injury at the hands of Lars Sullivan of all people. No, uh, I mean, it's about what I'd fucking expect. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like late 2019, we didn't see the Hardys for like the rest of the time. Like, and then and then COVID hit. Yeah, I and... guess the most notable thing of Jeff's run was that he pinned NXT champion Karrion Cross on a random Raw. Oh my God. Yeah, no. remember that? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Not the fucking no. Not the Dungeon Master Karen Cross. Yes, yes, it was Dungeon Master Karen Cross. God damn it. Uh, Matt would be written off, uh, uh, kayfabe killed by Edge, uh, which would write him off of WWE. Oh, yeah. And Jeff, again, would just kind of be plodding along, singing yeah, the Jeff song. Yeah, Jeff was kind of like just doing music. He got no more words back, and then he just... And left. then he left. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And that brings us, I guess, to now. AEW. Uh, Matt would eventually make his debut during the COVID era of AEW. Being in built... one of my favorite appearance um, <laughs> debut appearances of all time. Kind of going being ah. in a completely empty arena, going with ah. a drone. Ah. Yeah. It's I so think... funny listening to Excalibur pop off, and there's no reaction. I love the next week he ended up gaining the power of teleportation as he zipped between just like rows of seats at Daly's place. Yeah, but that's why I liked COVID era because they could take advantage and like do pre-recorded yeah, stuff. Yeah, they could do stupid shit. Exactly, exactly. Well, then, then I mean, on the other side of that, we had Jeff throwing a cup of piss at Sheamus that same week. So swings and roundabouts, I guess. Mm -hmm. <laughs> of course, <laughs> soon enough, Jeff would end up uh, slightly getting a kind of a push in WWE. But after a, a house show in the UK where he started to behave quite erratically, he was soon let go 
um, because again he refused uh, rehab. Turned out, it turned out from what I've heard and speculated what was speculated, Jeff was fine. He seemed very exhausted though from the schedule. Although memory, I think memory serves me that there was someone that said that Jeff kind of did it deliberately so he could go to AEW. <laughs> That's kind of based. Yeah, I mean, I I respect the hustle. <laughs> but Jeff would end up debuting in March of last year on an episode of Dynamite. The Hardys would oh back and would end up having a match with Private Party. And basically, uh, Jeff would end up starting where he uh, where he kind of left off and just jumping yeah. into lots of stuff. I, I feel bad because Matt did nothing for that entire time. He, yeah. he was jumping between his five gimmicks. He didn't know what the fuck he was doing. He did, he did that money gimmick with Private Party. Mm, yeah. And then they were like, oh, randomly, on a random episode, they just go... Oh yeah, I don't like you anymore. Doing it, doing it, doing it, doing it. Like, what the fuck? I mean, it's cool, and I'm glad the Hardys were back. But at the same time, like, like at least try. Yeah. AEW is literally just when you randomly skip for universe mode in 2K. Yes, it like, is. Random shit just happens. That's what it is. <laughs> Yeah. It's fucking abysmal. So Jeff would end up having a match with Darby Allen as well, which I think I think shortened his life Whoa. by about five years. Yeah. Was that the one where Darby fucking jumps onto the chairs? Yeah. Oh my god, that's crazy. And uh well, I wish I could say I would could end this like little retrospective on a good note. Mm. But at the moment, I really can't. After having a really good match at double or nothing against the Bucks, it's not a bad match at all. Um, oh yeah, also Jeff, the one where they teamed with Sting and he jumped from the rafters. Exactly. Yeah. Holy so shit. Match. Um, Jeff would end up suffering a concussion-like injury during that match, which almost left him mm. knocked out, which meant he's, mm. he had an extended amount of time off. Um, but the day after, he would Jeff uh, Tony would suspend Jeff indefinitely after being charged with a DUI and driving with a suspended license and violating a restriction that required him to keep an ignition interlock device, which is a handheld breathalyzer, in his car. Oh my god. I uh we did a we did a kind of news segment on the on our on the baseball podcast. We did it with David and we were just talking about that. Like cause we had a live reaction to it. Mm. Like we just see Jeff Hardy has been arrested. We're like, are you fucking serious? Why? Why is he in a car? Exactly. <laughs> why is he in a car on his own? Like there it doesn't is, make there is Uber, there is Uber nowadays, Jeff. You could pay oh for. My that. God. Like and this is the like this is the thing. It's like that, that situation doesn't need to happen. But um, again, as I say to people, addiction works in very strange ways. Exactly. Ways that make no sense to anyone that hasn't gone through it. Exactly. Um, so I mean, the way we got it now, Matt is currently in a storyline where his contract is actually now owned by stokely hathaway which i get i'm gonna say this now i am the biggest defender of stokely i don't mind that that storyline's happening but at the same time at the same time it's like i like that storyline it's cool but at the same time matt's kind of in this very it's in this limbo period where i think a lot of people yeah but the problem the problem with it though is that as far as i'm aware stokely hathaway is involved in three other storylines also tried to slide into Mariah Carey's DMs as of right now is what Stokely. Yeah, but that's that that's again that's that's a waggy contender. We don't even have a promo category, but we might just make one just to give it to that. <laughs> oh my lord! Ah, uh, so that's where we are. I mean, both guys still rocking it. All I'm going to say is, uh, I hope Jeff. I re- I know as it's, it's ups and downs. I hope Jeff 
gets through this one. I hope to God that Jeff just slows the hell down when he's back because I feel like at this point we all we kind of all want Jeff to live past fifty. Yeah. All, uh, like I said, all I all I would really want is literally just like that one last run, that one last moment. Find like the next person to replace him. And then we can be done. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that's all you need to do with those guys, honestly. And just hope and just hope both of them can be healthy enough to do that. Um, it's fine. Look, I'm glad Matt Hardy's still getting time on television. That's all I care about because I didn't want him to just fade away because of the what happened to Jeff. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And classify himself as obsolete. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess I can end this let's end this on a more positive note the okay, influence okay. of the Hardys cannot go understated that's for damn sure look I'll tell I'm... you oh, I'll tell you all you need to know and I reiterate my opening statement mm -hmm. they were able to convince an entire generation of young people that jumping off high buildings or high <laughs> structures was a good idea yeah. and that they followed through with it. <laughs> they also made wearing tights on your arms a cool thing. Yeah. It is pretty cool. <laughs> like, look, you want to talk about the Hardys' influence? Okay. We're all wrestling fans here. Mm hmm To varying degrees, however much you want to identify with that statement. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? But we, man. we all, at one point, have done the Jeff Hardy dance. As stupid as it is. As much as it means nothing to anything that we do, we've yeah. all done it. Yeah. yeah, bro, you get used to it. We've all thrown up V1s at one point, come on. Yeah! <laughs> I love the Hardy Boys. They, all, they're forever all, in my top 20 wrestlers of all time. Gone, we've all gone for our favourite Matt Facts. <laughs> Matt, Matt Fact of the Day, here we go. Uh, uh, my... Uh, my chair's broken. What the fuck? <laughs> Matt Fact of the day, he really likes enchiladas. <laughs> wow, I broke my chair. All right, well, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, the link. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, okay. I thought that, no, we're in. <laughs> It's the only way this could end. Cass's chair's broken. <laughs> we're ending on a, we're yeah. for an entire arc oh about 30 God. odd years. I'm still losing my mind that he's here and we're making countless deadlock. <laughs> yeah, brother, I've had a really good time. I'm really sorry because like, I had to, yeah, I, I kind of had to rush it there because uh, no, my work's no been a little bit of a bitch. But... Absolutely no problem at 100%. I had a really good time. This is one of the best pods on the planet. Ah. If you're still listening, I will... I will, I will shake your hand. <laughs> Before we head off, though, Cass, if you've got anything you want to promote, socials, things coming up, any sort of that stuff, uh, the floor's yours to go. Uh, uh, hmm, that's a good question, actually. <laughs> I mean, yeah, just listen to our podcasts. It's it's not as good as this one, but it it, it does the job. Uh, my YouTube hit one point five k, by the way. That was awesome. Hell yeah! Let's go. Let's go. Uh, what else? What are we do? What am I doing? What, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? Wing. Uh, I don't know. Just uh, you know, eat your greens, brush your teeth. 
Why would incredible you take like, your vitamins and say your prayers, bro? Your vitamins and say your prayers, dude. Oh my god. This uh, is the baseball podcast. Or maybe not, dude. <laughs> or maybe I won't, brother. No, I'm gonna Cass. sit in this chair. Maybe I can't, brother. Oh, oh, Cass, it has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much, my man. No worries, bro. Okay, next week, we're doing something very different. We're actually having a response episode. <laughs> as as in reply to our Jonathan Gresham Ring of Honor title reign retrospective, we're bringing our Uh-oh. friend Forrest Sova on to talk about oh, Ring of shit. Honor in 2021. <laughs> Holy shit. That's going to bang. It's going to be an experience, if I say so myself. <laughs> I actually don't mind Impact. Now, like, some things in Impact were actually quite good, like, in the last two years. Like, they weren't that bad. True, true, true. I like, shout, out, true. shout out Alexander, bro. He's, he's, he's the GOAT. He is the GOAT indeed. He is the GOAT indeed. It's a weird crossover that Ring of Honor had that time. And, and it's weird. Anyway, until then, I have been Sam. This has been Dan and Donut cast. Donut cast. And this has been the Sweet Chin Wag podcast. <laughs> As always, on the next one. Woo! Yeah! 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 Oh my god!